This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to another edition of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast. I'm your co-host, Richie Herod, and I've got Bobby with me. <laughs> and I did put his call over there for him. Oh, God. You know, it won't be long and we can fall hunt for turkey i know i know it's it's coming up it's coming it's not very far no nope. we're in august now absolutely so so you notice it's just bobby and i britain's bagged on us britain britain bailed <laughs> it's so sad it's not just that he bailed he freaking left us i know i know he just left me there all by myself you're all by yourself now. yeah all by myself <laughs> Britain actually uh, has moved away. He's he's not our neighbor no more. He's moved, and he's down in uh, southwest Washington. And so hopefully here pretty soon we're going to get it set up so that we can remote each other in. <laughs> no way. He bagged on us. He's he bagged. Out. He's, he's out. out. Okay, so we're just canceling him all together. <laughs> Britain's out. No longer the host. That's right. That's so, right. The hell with him. Yep. <laughs> but we got our special coffee anyway. Absolutely. We got our Wood Family Spirits and uh, the Herod's Cookhouse El Camp Roast, and it's a good morning. I think yours is cold, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I got I got iced coffee. Going He's got today. ice. I got, yeah, I got yeah. the normal. It's only going to be 97 today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got the iced coffee going with a little bit of cream, a little bit of uh, Diet Coke. A little splash. And oh, yeah. A little splash of uh, OG vodka. Oh, is that what you got going this oh, morning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, he's sneaking it on me. Oh, I'm oh drinking yeah, the, absolutely. I'm drinking the uh, Columbia bourbon this morning with my coffee as usual, and I am sweating, so I'll just say. <laughs> <laughs> Already, it's hot. You should. Hey, hear that I know. ice? Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's good, baby. He's got it going on. Yeah. I stopped by uh, this week at the River Tap in the Dalles and visited with Jerry Lee. We don't have a... A little clip from her or Tom today, but uh, yeah, we stopped by and, and looked at their menu. I got to tell you, Bobby, they have some summer drinks right now. Oh yeah, oh my god! Did they did they put our drink on the on the list? Yeah, yet? they well they have don't have it on that little thing there, the yeah. the coffee one, but they are yeah. serving it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. But uh, yeah, holy cow! Uh, Vicky and I had a couple of their summer drinks with the vodka and the bourbon. Oh, yeah, man. That's dangerous in there. It is. It is. It's very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a good show for you today. We have uh, Brianna Bruce from Living Life Adventures Guide Service, and we uh, we'll get to that pretty soon. But in the meantime, uh, Bobby and I we haven't talked to you for a while, so yeah. we, we kind of have to recap a little bit. We've been uh, sockeye fishing. Yeah, yeah. We went up to uh, Brewster and sockeye fish with yeah. Dwayne and. It's kind of strange, you know. This year we we had the water levels as of July first were dropped down to September mm-hmm. level. Yeah, and so obviously things warmed up a little bit quicker. Even out in the in the main stem, you know, the water was like three degrees warmer than than usual. Right, and there's a lot of fish stacked up up there, but they're just not biting very yeah. well. 
They're not. You know, they're just not biting well. It's been hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, now, I think there's some guides up there that are regular there every day, and they're consistently doing well. But, I mean, when you look at the, the fleet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fleet is uh, up and down big time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Abs- I, I, I know guys that have gone up and not caught a fish. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know, the, the guides that are there day in and day out, you mm-hmm. know as well as I do, when you mm-hmm. spend the time on the water, oh, yeah. you, you get something dialed in and it, and oh, yeah. y- you grind it and, and and make it work. And that's I think that's a key thing right there. Even those guys are taking oh yeah, yeah. most of their morning or most of their day to get their clients a limit. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it's not like, yeah. wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, I got, I got this. Oh. It's like... Yeah, where they're running two and three trips a day. Uh, yeah, they're having to work. To they're having limit. to really work for yeah. it, and you know they're out there sweating their butt off in the ninety-eight <laughs> degree weather. Right now, I'm going to tell you what. Boat. Well, you saw the other day when we were yeah. out there. I, I looked. I looked at you guys, and I said, "Okay, I'm okay. Done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to stand out here and sweat and, and yeah. catch you know one fish every yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah, it, that's just not the way we do it. I had a couple of fishing trips. Uh, that I've been planned for a while. One is a, a, a donated my time to a, an outfit out of uh, Idaho. It's the foundation for wildlife management, and their goal of their organization is to help in the restoration of elk and moose populations by uh, wolf management. The last three years, I've donated my time to, for their raffle to take somebody walleye fishing, so I did that, and then I'd uh, donate to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good. It's a good program. They're doing a good job. Good. Really are. So then, so I went walleye fishing, and then the following week, a couple of days later, I took my brother Ron's assistant manager, Justin, and his dad sockeye fishing and walleye fishing both. And so when we went out sockeye fishing that first day. We hooked ten fish, and I thought, okay, this is this won't be bad. These guys are going to have a great time. Yeah. Several of them are really small. Like we're talking kokanee size yeah like, when you, when you have to turn a sockeye loose because turn, you don't want it to the, count in your limit they weren't in the <laughs> mid i think one of them wasn't even the minimum but <laughs> so we uh so we had small fish we kept i think we ended up keeping five but we hooked 10 fish and i thought this is gonna be pretty good and then the next two days just sucked yeah well uh, you know the, you know that you mentioned that about those small fish on the average these fish have been averaging much larger than usual right this right. year you obviously had a batch of fish come in that that had some small fish in it that right because man most of those fish like we caught you know with Dwayne, man they were nice fish it, they were averaging three pounds plus yeah oh yeah those which, were which deep. that's much bigger than what they usually do. yeah those were those were pretty nice i mean if you're if you're in a brewster pool and you're getting you know four to five pounds sockeye that's really yeah that's really good for there absolutely know? so but anyway it, that my experience, I think, was typical to everybody else. The sure. last day, we, we were bit quite a bit, but we couldn't land a fish. Well, like I said, I, I really believe that, that between the water temperature and the, and the, and the water mm-hmm. levels, you know, you, yeah. it, it's slower. It's not moving. You don't have the movement that you usually do. Right. And that makes a huge difference. We haven't had a, a thunderstorm really come by and flush and then restack. No. It just hadn't happened this year. It's just been hot. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, it got pretty cold in the morning. Like we were wearing pants and yeah. sweatshirt, and we were cool. I yeah. mean, it was down there. It was like when we came across the top. It was forty-one degrees. Really? Yeah. Holy! Cow. And then we got down to the river, and it was like fifty-two. Oh, we done. It was cold. And when we got on the water, I noticed that the uh, Okanagan temperature was a couple degrees lower. 
And I think right. it moved some fish out of there. I mean, I think they were just like, sure. okay, this is this is it. Let's go. We're going up the river. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, I think it's been a kind of a different year in that regard. That folks are catching fish. Lake Wenatchee's been doing pretty well, although <laughs> I did hear some grumbling that it's been hit or miss too. Sure, sure. What do you know about it? Well, that that's the same thing I've yeah. heard is, you know, the, there's some people are doing good, some people aren't catching any fish. Yeah. And it's just, it's been up and down. It's not like, you know, opening day was real good for everybody because yep. the fish hadn't seen anything and it went real well. The typical, you know, it, it's that whole... Uh, uh, 10% of the people catch 90% of the yeah, fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that whole thing. So, yeah. But this year has been very, very different. I mean, the Chinook fishing has been mm-hmm. like that on the river. Oh, yeah, people you know? aren't doing very well with that at all. No, no. The You know, our, our salmon derby that we had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we caught uh, 40% less fish than what we usually do. Mm. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So you guys just, well, just a couple weeks ago got done with yeah. the CCA yeah uh peter fleur salmon derby right yeah yeah we had our uh wenanchee salmon derby and everything went fantastic big fish was uh 18.05 mm. and that and that's gutted and gilled oh wow. so you know you're looking that's a at a good fish yeah you're looking at a 22 pound fish yeah, probably. yeah 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 so it it was uh it was not bad not yeah. bad but the hardcore most of the people that that come to this derby are yeah. hardcore fishermen yeah, cuz yeah, it, yeah. it's a, it's a little more difficult fishery it's a little more technical yeah. than most other fisheries the guys that are out there are hard hardcore mm-hmm. fishermen they caught 40% less fish than than mm-hmm. what we usually catch yeah. in the derby yeah so yeah. And, and we had the most people we've ever had that's so, great <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was uh, everything went really really well but the fishing is not quite as good as usual. Yeah, I'd say that's all around for the salmon. Yeah. Um, I went walleye fishing, like I told you, a couple times. Yeah. Banks Lake is real tough right now. Mm-hmm. The, the weed beds actually are producing pretty well. And I know that uh, when I talked to Eric Broughton, one of the things he's been doing that's worked well is using like little flicker shads on a side planer and getting that out over top of the weed beds sure. away from the boat yeah because the water's fairly shallow when you're sure. doing that and you want something to so they've been catching them that way mm-hmm. dad and i were just pulling um smile blade slow death with bottom bouncers and we were just suspending in it over yeah. the top of the weed beds yeah we we're catching fish sure, sure that worked too and that's fun yeah yeah. It's kind of funny to do a bottom bouncer that way, but it works. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> but uh, the day, of course, the day I took these guys out, this father-son, then I couldn't catch a fish. So, <laughs> so I moved to the river and went went, uh, went to the Columbia, Yeah. and we did pretty well. And the walleye right now are, are eating crawdads. And sure. if you match a crawdad pattern in relatively deep water, you're going to catch fish. Sure, sure. Just summer fish, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And I told these guys, I said, yeah, they're eating crawdads. And so the first fish, which, by the way, that was their first fish. Was it really? First walleye, yeah. Nice. First one comes up, they go, look! And we opened its mouth, and there's crawdad just sitting there like this. It's like, <laughs> looking right out. Nice. I was laughing. I'm like, see, told you. <laughs> but those crawdad, like you said before, you know, they, they got just a hint of orange, but they're kind of a dark brown. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that sort of matches that, you know, gold and black. Yep. Those squitters that you and I put together that had uh, gold and green. Mm-hmm. And then I shoved that orange pill float up in there just for a hint of that. Yep. 
Oh my God, they love that. Oh, I bet, I bet that worked really well. Well, you know, it, it, people laugh at it because it, it's such a, a a thrown out thing that you know match the hatch. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. No. That's, that's that's what you the do. Name of the game. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, when you're talking a predatory fish yeah. like that, they're they're feeding on something, and any given time, it can be whether it's it, they're eating whitefish, you know, mm-hmm. they're eating uh, small trout or kokanee, or they're eating sculpin or crawdads yeah. or whatever. Match the hatch. Yeah. You match those those colors properly, and you're going to catch a lot of fish. You guys have a new product that just came out. Speaking of matching the hatch. Talk yeah. about that. Well, that that new uh, <laughs> slow drop jig is phenomenal. For, the SD jig. Yeah, and with the hitch on there, it slows the drop with that smile blade on it. Is so what it, you're able to do is you're a, you're able to look like like wounded, wounded bait, bait, you know, something something going down, and all of the color patterns, obviously that I, that uh, we put together, right. all revolve around forage bases yeah whether yeah. they're a whitefish whether they're a sculpin whether they're a crawdad color yeah. you know you name it yeah. Yeah. so you're you're trying to match those different hatches of stuff yeah they work phenomenal so the sd jig is a, a lead-headed jig and then the hitch is how would you describe it, it's a hitch? one inch a one inch wire that has a quick release on the bottom of it so you don't have to use a split ring gotcha. so you can just snap it on snap it off the hitch itself you can put it in front of anything, right? It, it you can put it in front of a crankbait, a swim bait, a jigging spoon, you know, spinner, or uh, you can hook it to virtually anything. It works really well. We sell the the hitches themselves in a three pack, and we sell the SD jig with the hitch. With the on hitch. It. So if you're so, buying an SD jig with the hitch, you're you're basically getting two lures really at oh, in one. Oh, absolutely. Because you could use it with other things. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. We need to get out there and use it yes. for this because I think it will do well. Oh, yeah, I, I believe it now will do well. Now that you just got it out, it's, yeah. time, it's time to go fish it. Yeah, so. you can you can vert, <laughs> vertical jig it. You can cat, broadcast fish with it. You can troll it. Oh, um, that's right up, drift. Your, right up your alley. Oh, absolutely. Your favorite kind of thing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you guys don't know or watch the, telev- the Northwest Outdoorsman, you, you know that um, Bobby – First thing in the boat, he grabs a spinning rod, and he's usually <laughs> casting while he's waiting for somebody to get things going because he wants to be first in the water. Absolutely, you got to be first <laughs> in the water. <laughs> Absolutely. So now he has a new toy to catch. You know what? I, as long as I catch one more fish than Britain, <laughs> then I'm Britain. Okay. <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna love some of the shows coming up this year on the Northwest Outdoorsman because Bobby is just giving Britain and well maybe it's 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 kind of a mutual the <laughs> yeah. two of them are giving each other crap <laughs> there's a lot going on well I, I gotta tell you you know I, I've <laughs> caught people a lot of their first fish whether it's a yeah. steelhead or a salmon or a walleye or, right you know whatever and, and teaching people I, I really enjoy teaching yeah. people and especially that first fish that they they've yeah. never caught one before right. the thing about Britain I gotta tell you he's, honestly he's a sponge. And, oh, and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and he he picks up he learns very very quickly uh-huh. and is all he cares about is catching one more fish than me because <laughs> you know we've taught him how to do all these uh, things and he's extremely competitive oh he's extremely but competitive. he will never catch any more fish than i am <laughs> he just won't do it 
you know, uh, it, he will always catch one less fish than me. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and it sort of bore out. So you know, I just just saying. <laughs> The proof, the proof is in the video. That's right. That's right. I don't think he'll concede, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's not going to concede. And he's not here to defend himself, and nope. that's the best part. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, so we can talk all the shit we want. We're, exactly. We're <laughs> yeah. going to. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's not here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we've got, like I said, a great interview with Brianna Bruce. So we'll take a little break and hear what she has to say. We're talking sockeye fishing at uh, Baker Lake. And a little bit about some other fishing she does, coho, kokanee fishing. Perfect. Well, today I'm speaking with Brianna Bruce, who is the owner and guide for Living Life Adventures. She's also a guide staff for Max Lure. How are you today, Brianna? I'm doing good. How are you, Richie? I'm great, and thank you for taking time to visit with me. I know you're real busy guiding folks on fishing trips right now, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But before we get started, I thought it might be worthwhile to have our listeners get to know you a little bit. So how did you come about to getting into the guide business? Well, I've fished my entire life. My mom, uh, she was out fishing with my dad when she was pregnant with me, and they had me out on the ocean salmon fishing when I was six weeks old. And it's just been fishing ever since. My whole life is just fishing. I went fishing with my grandpa and my dad all the time when I was a kid. And my grandpa would tell you that I've been a guide since I was probably like six or seven because I used to go around the dock when we were perch fishing, and I'd boss the old guys around and tell them how to catch fish. and uh re-rig them and everything and get them catching some perch off the dock and that's kind of how I came about that and just kept going and I uh I went to WSU to be a uh I wanted to be a geotechnical engineer but um Mm. I was too close to the Snake River and went fishing instead of going to class so (laughs) I decided maybe I should do something in the fishing industry do that yeah I had some friends when I was in college that did the same thing. They mostly went fishing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I got a dog and I went fishing. And then uh, after that, well, while I was over there at WSU, um, my aunt actually got diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. And it had spread to her pancreas and her liver by the time they found it. She was one of my best friends. She wanted to do one last big family trip and... She knew my dad would never take himself to Alaska, and that was one of his dreams. We went up there, and that was the first experience I ever had with guides. We'd always been able to do it ourselves and always had our own boats. And it meant a lot to me that we could go up there and, you know, make some last family memories before she passed away and stuff that'll last a lifetime and didn't have to worry about getting the boat ready and getting the gear and doing all that. And the guys are really cool. And, you know, I thought maybe that's something that I could do. And, all I ever cared about and thought about was fishing. So when I came home, I wanted to do that for other people and help them make memories and get out fishing. So I came home and went to a Coast Guard class and got my Coast Guard license and got my guide license, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow, that's a great story. I did not know that, and that's very uh, awesome how you came about the guide service and, and the tie with family, which is so important to me, everything that 
I do with the TV show and other stuff we do here with the We Are Outdoors with podcast. Really about friends and family and the, out, and the outside, you know, getting outside and fishing and hunting or whatever it is. So that's a great story. I really appreciate you telling us that. Yeah. So what do you mostly um, guide for? Pretty much everything. If it's not a tuner, yeah. it's all of it. But my uh, my main focuses are uh, like salmon. I do a lot of kokanee and I do some steel. I started off like mainly as a steelhead guide, but as the steelhead season's kind of got worse and worse, I moved mm-hmm. more into salmon and kokanee and I do like some perch and some walleye and just kind of a little bit of everything, some crabbing and flounder trips, and I run a couple charter boats out in the Puget Sound for uh, guys that have boats and don't have the time to run them all the time, and sure. I kind of, I get around and do everything from Puget Sound over to Eastern Washington, everything kind of in between. Awesome, and where where is your base location? I'm out of Fulton, Washington. Fulton, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so Snohomish County is kind of my home, home base. Yeah. That allows you to get to a lot of places pretty quick, for sure. Yeah, it does. I can. I spend a lot of time in eastern Washington because it's easier to go over the mountain than try to drive through mm. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so uh, right now you're uh, you're up Baker Lakeway fishing for sockeye. Is that correct? Yep, we're uh, into our second week of the Baker Lake season. Mm. Tell me all about that fishery. That's one of those kind of bucket list ones for me. One of these days I need to come over and, and be your deckhand or something. But uh Absolutely. Uh, those are some big fish, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, we've already we've gotten some that are in that ten pound range this year. This year we've gotten some like bigger than average fish also. But we always have fish kind of in that like six to seven pound range is kind of our average mm-hmm. and then we see fish up to ten and I think this year there's probably been some fish even bigger, and I think the state record somewhere in the 12-pound range. And it mm. came out. I know it came out of Lake Washington. We might be close to breaking that record this year. Oh wow! If, if people yeah. weigh their big fish, mm. so we uh, is, is is that um, one of those fisheries that usually has a fairly generous limit, or what's it been like in the last few years? Is it two fish, three fish? How's that been going? So we generally always have at least a two fish limit, but we very often have a lot more generous limits. So they actually, they started it this year at three and uh, this weekend, actually on Friday, I think they announced it Thursday night, they upped us to five fish per person. Oh, wow. Uh, Holy cow. Yeah. And we have the numbers of fish for it, but um, they've been messing with the water level a bit and they've been... uh, there's been so much pressure on the lake that the fishing's been a little slow the last couple of days. It picked up today a bit. Uh, and if you get yeah. on a hot pot of fish, you can definitely do it. But five fish for, you know, more than one or two people has been a little tough to find lately. But it'll even out here in a little bit. And it's definitely, I tell people it should be on everyone's bucket list. And it is the prettiest place in the state to fish. Oh. And all over. And I swear that it's the prettiest. And yeah, you've got that glacier green water and fishing right under the mountain and these fish are big and gorgeous you know they only have like 20 miles to go up the river before they go to the trap so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. baker lake is created by a dam and it's so tall there's two really tall dams between the mouth of the baker river and baker lake so they trap them in a fish trap at the first dam on the river and they put them in a truck and they take 
the quota of fish, so the hatchery has a number every week, and it's different depending on, like, kind of the point in the run that we're at. But they take right. those fish to the hatchery, and then once the hatchery has their fish, they put the rest of the fish for that week in the lake. So we're getting, like, a 1,000 to 2,000 fish in the lake every day. Oh, wow. Mm, that's awesome. And we're, yeah, right now we're up over 20,000 fish in the lake, and it's it's not slowing down. So it's going to be one of the most amazing seasons I think we've ever seen on Baker Lake. No, that's, a, that's, that's great. And one thing I would suspect as compared to the ones we fish for here in Lake Wenatchee or at Brewster, they're not far from the saltwater there, so those fish must be in amazing shape. They're in amazing shape. They're still bright. They're super, super scrappy. You know, they're big and they they cut gorgeous and they're they're still shiny, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is nice. They're they're almost impossible to beat. They're really nice. Maybe last question about uh, sockeye fishing there, and I'm sure you've had a partake in these fisheries over here. Is it kind of the same in terms of what you use as far as dodgers and red hooks and or red hooks and beads or smile blades or um or are there anything that's unique about that fishery that that uh, we wouldn't use over here on the east side uh, it's pretty similar for the most part we are allowed to use bait and we can have barbed hooks so uh that's a little bit different than you know like lake wenatchee um right right we're using i i find that i use a lot brighter colors over here i'm using you know like really bright pinks and oranges and that kind of stuff instead of like eastern washington a lot of times i use a little more muted colors um we use live sand shrimp over here it's kind of the number one bait for at least the first couple weeks of the season Mm. and then we'll start to switch over to some cured coon shrimp and some cured prawn and that kind of thing but man they really love those live sand shrimp that's today all but two Mm. fish came on live sand shrimp Everything else is pretty similar. We I run droppers just like we do over at like Brewster and you can use mm-hmm. downriggers if you want or you can dropper fish and uh we're trolling like point eight miles an hour since we're in the lake sure. and we uh don't have a lot of current to fight with in that and using odd dodgers and ten to twelve inch leaders and a lot of smile blades and beads and mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. different is we use a lot of flies, uh tube flies. That's kind of our main go-to, um, especially early in the season. And then we'll start to, as the water warms up a little more and it gets a little later, more of those fish have been in there longer, we'll move to some smaller stuff. And I'll run, you know, two or three, four or five millimeter beads and a smile blade, like a 1.1 or even a 0.8 smile blade. Yeah. That's so. interesting. The smaller profile. Yeah. And that's what we find at times up here, too, depending on where we're fishing either. You know, at uh, Brewster or, or Lake Wenatchee, there there are times when smaller profiles do better for you um, when they're a little more finicky or yeah. or they're getting so much pressure and a lot of things that are the same that are being presented to them doing something different always else. So, right. Well, that's cool. My other question is uh, maybe let's talk about some kokanee fishing over there. So, do you have some? favorite places that you like to catch kokanee yeah so lake stevens is kind of my home lake and i fished that for years and years and years um i actually got into that i grew up fishing the salt water um like Mm -hmm. my dad used to take me out coho fishing in the morning and he'd drop me off at school with the boat behind the truck so i love trolling for salmon and i got into kokanee fishing because it's like salmon fishing just miniaturized and you don't have to wash the boat for 
two hours right. at the right. end of the day. Right. <laughs> so I got into, and you know, they taste a lot better than this little rainbow trout over here. We don't have a lot of natural trout over here. They're mostly planted rainbows. And I just, I fell in love with kokanee fishing and I like that, you know, hunting and trying to figure it out kind of stuff. So got into that and Lake Stevens is kind of my home lake. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some other lakes around here and like Lake Samish and some stuff. I love, I don't know that you can beat kokanee fishing in Lake Chelan. That's one of my very favorites also, but, right. uh, Absolutely. Over here, it's, it's Lake Stevens, and lately it hasn't compared to Lake Chelan, but yeah. it's yeah. pretty fun, and we got some good fishing. It, it's a lot smaller window than a lot of other lakes. We have really good fishing, like in May. Sometimes it'll start mm-hmm. early to mid-April, and it'll go sometimes through June on a good year, but the water heats up really fast. So the really good yeah. fishing, I mean, you know, it's always better to be fishing than sitting on the couch, right? But yeah, the good fishing when it's worthwhile going is we've got like month and a half to three months of good fishing on Lake Stevens. What what happens to those fish afterwards? You know, like here at Chelan or or up at Roosevelt, even in the river, as we move on into the summer months, those fish tend to get pretty deep. Even at uh, Lake Roosevelt, you know, you're catching fish up there. Even though they're not schooled up like they are in Chelan, but you catch them, in, you know, down around 60, 50, 60 feet in Lake Chelan. Of course, uh, this time of year, the fish are down around 120. Often, you know, may still find some in the mornings, but they're gonna they're gonna drop really quick. As um, right, do those what happened to those fish in, in uh, Lake Stevens? Do they just disperse? Are they what what happens so that's not a good fishery? A lot of times they go really deep, but the Lake Stevens is, I kind of describe it as a bucket where the edges are kind of shallow, but they drop off really fast. It's 1,100 surface acres, and it drops down to 100 feet pretty quick, and right. the deepest part's like 140, but there's not a lot gotcha. of flow through it. So there's some a couple little creeks that feed it and one bigger creek that goes out of it. So you just don't get the water turnover or the flow. Right. So they, uh, they'll start to go deep, and then they will – just get inactive because the water gets so so hot they don't get very you know a lot of times even in like late may and early june sometimes the water temperature is so warm you pull a fish up from you know 50 60 feet deep and they'll come off on the surface but they just roll over and belly up because you know they've (laughs) extended all their oxygen that they had yeah they're like get me out of this hot water (laughs) exactly yeah the lake used to have an aerator in it that um, pumped oxygen into it, and it broke. And they decided instead of fixing the aerator, they started doing an alum treatment to keep the algae in check. We don't have the oxygen being replaced yeah. in it, and the fishing's just not really any good in the warmer temperatures. They yeah. just go down. They, you know, they feed really early morning or really late in the evening or throughout the night, and pretty much don't do anything during the day. Yeah, I could see that. Nothing like a little bucket. And uh, we fished a couple lakes around here that are similar to that. Buffalo Lake on the Colville Reservation has poking in it. It's the same way. It gets really warm later on, and and it does tend to affect the fish considerably. So I could see that. So come uh, later on the summer and the fall, will you focus then on the saltwater? Will that be where you head? Yeah, I'll I'll fish in the saltwater a lot. And this year we have the pink salmon. So um, Mm -hmm. when I'm done here, like mid-August, 
with sockeye, I'll go out and I'll start uh, chasing those in the salt water and mm. uh, get the little end of some Chinook fishing also. And then I'll move mm-hmm. into the river and chase those pinks. And then that just rolls right into coho fishing, which is probably my second favorite to be sockeye. Yeah. And are you doing that in the salt or are you doing that on a river? I do it. I mostly do it in the river. I do a little bit in the salt. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't have the salmon charter to do it myself in the salt water. I'm on another yeah. boat for that. So if I have the option, I take it. I do it in the fresh water and go to the river, which I absolutely yeah. love. I fish a lot of a lot of plugs and uh, we twitch jigs and fish some big night spoons and that kind of stuff and awesome. float eggs. I love to float eggs for them when it cools off after we get that first good uh, good rain, like beginning of mm-hmm. October, really late September, and that water cools down. We got a really good egg bite on a lot of our local rivers, so we'll pull the eggs and the floats out, and that's a lot of fun. I don't know if you had checked out one of our episodes this past year of the Northwest Outdoors when we fished with Dwayne England up and down in his neck of the woods, first coho. We were bobber fishing for him with eggs, and for me, that's a blast. That, that kind of took me back to when I was a younger man fishing a lot in the coastal rivers on Oregon, and we'd bobber fish for Chinook, and I just yeah. love to bobber fish. I love to watch that takedown and, and something about it. And so we had just a wonderful time fishing for those coho, and they were they were in great shape, beautiful fish, fun fighting, so I could see how you really get addicted. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of wood in our rivers up here, so there's some spots where we'll, you can only float fish it, and you can pitch it, you know, behind the log. You have to wait for that fish to jump so you can drag it over and get it to the boat. Mm-hmm. Some little spots yep. like that, you know, it gets technical and it just adds. Yeah. I think it's just fun. And you say you also do a little twitching, and that was kind of the first time Dwayne kind of introduced us to that method of fishing. And um, it seems like a really fun thing to do. And if you could get in the right spot, we didn't have as much luck doing that. Just the water level was pretty low. So we were having a tough time actually just finding where the fish were concentrated. But is that a technique that you have done well with? We do good with it. Um, I've got a couple holes that it works really good in. It's not normally, like, my go-to. Um, but there's mm-hmm. some deeper holes and some, like, back 80s and stuff where it works really good. And I definitely use it. It's pretty much the only way we fish for the pinks. Uh, we twitch jigs for oh, those. Nice, uh, nice. We'll do a little bit of, like, dick night fishing for it, too. But that twitching jigs is really good for pinks. Mm, the coho, yeah. my favorite other than the eggs, is casting and retrieving plugs. Kind of like bass fishing, but not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, bass yeah. fishing, but you're, you know, hooking 12, 13, 14-pound yeah. <laughs> coho. And a lot of times they follow it right to the boat and hit it. You know, you pause to take it out of the water, and they'll grab it right at the boat. That's oh, a lot that of fun. sounds epic. Yeah, <laughs> sounds really fun. Well, I've kept you for about 20 minutes, and I'm, I'm going to let you go so that you can get your rest in and your gear prepared for hopefully tomorrow's fun adventure. I really appreciate you taking time to tell us about yourself and the fisheries you're involved in and, and wish you the best this year. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I've enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, great chatting with you. We'll, we'll talk to you soon.
You know, I have visited with uh, Brianna at the sportsman shows before, but that's the first time that I just talked to her about her background and sure what she loves to do. It's clear to me she's obsessed with fishing. She is. She is. And she's a good fisherman. No, she's she's a very good fisherman. Yeah. You know, the, the, the first time that I fished with Bree was, uh, oh, a number of years ago out on the Columbia where we, uh, it was at fish camp. Mm-hmm. We fished at the mouth of the uh, little white salmon for oh. Chinooks, uh-huh. and we were fishing suspended bait. She'd not done it that much mm-hmm. and was still learning about it. And she sat there, and she watched me for, <laughs> I don't know. She just, she just kept watching. I mean, she's running the boat, doing everything, and she'd ask questions. And we fished for, I don't know, probably two and a half hours, three <laughs> hours. And in that time, we had, oh, there was uh, four or five of us in the boat together and and uh, but but i kept watching her and she kept watching me and she kept watching me i never hooked a fish and i'm going to tell you what you know i i've been fishing suspended bait for yeah 41 years you know (laughs) she just kept watching but i never hooked a fish she caught a fish two of the other guys caught a fish one one guy caught two sturgeon you know i never got bit and i'm going you know you shouldn't really be watching me (laughs) I, I'm not I'm not doing too well today. <laughs> and she just cracked up laughing. But she she really pays attention mm, to yeah. detail details and yeah. really yeah. learning a new fishery or learning something a little bit different. Right. You know, she you can tell she really oh, wants yeah. to understand the ins and outs of, oh, yeah. of a fishery. And she's very, very good at, at what she does. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this point in her career, she's a plethora of knowledge. I mean yeah. she just Holy cow, she could describe each fishery that she does in yep. really good detail. Well, you know, she she not only sockeye fishes over there, but, I mean, she kokanee fishes uh-huh. over there on the on the west side, and she comes over and spends a couple of weeks over here on Chelan. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, uh, and then moves right into saltwater salmon fishing and then into river fishing for salmon yeah what about the coho fishery you're talking about that like yeah you know that's a fishery that that i've never done up there is it the northwest corner of the state is it the sky comish or what river i I believe so yeah i i I don't remember exactly what one she's doing those very well but she is very good at it so i'm gonna go over i think uh uh later on this year and uh fish with her yeah. Or those uh, co where they're throwing twitching jigs, you know, we'll throw bucktails, we'll throw crip lures, we'll throw a number of different things out there and uh, play around and, and learn a new fishery. We might make a good show. Yeah. Maybe oh, we should go capture that story. That might be a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Well, anyway, it was a great interview. Really enjoyed visiting with her, and, and it'd be fun if we can get out with her sometime here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to go to Baker Lake one of these days, and she's, yeah, you know, th- she's that, the one I want to go with. Those, those Baker Lake fish are, you know, a, a, a larger fish than yeah. all the rest of them that we've got in the state. You know, Lake Wenatchee and, and the Columbia, mm-hmm. the main stem. Those fish are really nice fish. Right. I mean, you know, like you heard her. I mean, there have been some 10-pound-plus fish oh, caught. That's crazy. Oh, that, that's a gorgeous fish. Oh, my goodness. Know? And those fish are bright up there. Oh, they're, oh, not, they're, they're not too far from the salt. No, no, not at <laughs> yeah. all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. And, you know, you got you got a number of guides that fish at, you know, mm-hmm. Cal stocking and, mm-hmm. and a few of those guys that do tremendously well. And I've just never gone over and fished it because well, we've always had this right in our backyard. Well, we have this in the backyard, but. 
Yeah. The setting over there is, is beautiful. You got yeah. ba- you got Mount Baker right there, and you got trees all around you. Um, I can guarantee you we wouldn't be sweating down our butt cracks over there. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a you know good what thing. I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. when it's 100 degrees over here, we could be over there in like 72 degrees. You mean when it, where it's perfect? Yeah, I mean like yeah. like room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we should go do it just for that and get out of this heat. No kidding. <laughs> so, uh, well, we don't have Britain to tell us, you know, the current news, but there is a little bit of news we could share. Uh, yeah. Buoy 10, right? Yeah, Buoy 10 just opened up and... Uh, you know, it didn't look like it was too bad. I saw a number number mm-hmm. of posts from people, and and uh, I saw where Dwayne had mm-hmm. gone out. Yep, and they caught some some nice chinooks. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. some real nice fish. Yep, and that, and that, of course the the opener of buoy ten is is something that's pretty anticipated. So it's kind of nice that it's opened up and that people well, you are know, getting fish. It, it's really turned into the the number one fishery you know yeah. in the state. Right that everybody goes to right you know i mean at any given time you probably got three thousand boats down oh, there yeah. you know fishing yeah. on any oh you mean it looks day. like brewster oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely but but instead of being you know the uh typical 15 to 20 foot boats yeah now you're talking uh oh, yeah. 20 to 30 foot oh, boats yeah. Yeah. and you know <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, it's it's a real zoo down you there. You gotta love a scene where there's lots of boats: Drano uh, Lake, Wind River, Buoy Ten, Brewster Pool. I mean, there's some there's some pretty iconic places around here oh, there where is. the people are packed in, and yep. it's like, okay, let's let's watch what happens here. It's gonna be fun. Somebody's <laughs> gonna be mad at somebody. Somebody's gonna be hooked up with somebody. Oh man, there's always a story. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've never fished Buoy Ten. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun i you yeah. know i used to fish it when i lived down there yeah. and uh even back then it, it was a big deal because yeah. you got those fish coming out of the salt right there yeah. it, it's uh it, it, it used to be a really exciting fishery because mm-hmm. of the fact you didn't have nearly the amount of people down there at right. that time but you know with <laughs> we won't go into my <laughs> here it comes yeah no i won't I oh won't, boy i won't go there but <laughs> With the fisheries like we have them anymore today, it's it's a very iconic fishery mm-hmm, and yeah. something that people look forward to going down there and fishing those saltwater fish. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it it's something that that it's really exciting, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It, it's a it's a fishery that that you know is going to happen, mm-hmm. and it just depends on what you can do and what you can't do on any given day. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing, by probably by the time you listen to this podcast, it will maybe have already even happened. But we have the Brewster Salmon Derby coming up. Yep. Yep. Uh, just uh, this this week weekend. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So yeah. here we are, uh, the first week of August. So like I say, by the time you listen to this, it probably already happened. But that's coming up. And that's a, a a big deal there. Hopefully yeah, they'll they, have they'll have over you know two hundred people yeah uh, fishing that derby. Hopefully they'll do really well. Yeah, I hope they do well. Um, Mike Mock at uh, Mock's Fishing Stuff there. He got a new store. There's some part of the news too. Absolutely. Mike uh, has a new store there in Brewster. So if you're in the Brewster area, you need to stop by and well, you know you could buy the Northwest Outdoorsman rod there. There you go. You could there get a salmon go. rod. Yeah. Hey, you know I huh? I, huh? I, I I I need a new hunting. 
tool or, you know, I need something. I mean, yeah. What yeah. the heck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got all kinds of things. He's got a, a wide selection of Max Lure products there. And, of course, all his products where you can, um, the Lure Safe products where you can yep. protect things, your Dodgers. And I love those. You know, you, you know how it is. So what he makes, if you're not familiar, basically it is a uh, kind of a clear plastic. Yeah with a Velcro around the outside. And so you've got your dodger and your leader with your hooks. And you know how it is. You grab the rod and you stick the hooks in your hand yeah. or you or you put your rod in the back and you don't want to unhook all that stuff. Now your dodger's spinning in a circle and yeah. wraps everything up. Beating on your rod, breaking, breaking your rod. Breaking your rod. And that's what these are for. Um, I think that's how he started was you, yeah. you can capture – your Dodger inside of one of those because just Velcro, you just wrap around, stick it yep. on, hide the hook so you don't put them in your hand. Uh, yep. It works really, really well. And then, of course, from that now, he's made other things too, like uh, a Dodger keeper. So oh, to he's speak. got, yeah, he's got Dodger bags, Dodger he's got bags. flasher bags. He's got, uh, I use it that one for all of my bottom bouncers. Yeah, yeah, he's he's made uh, yeah. some different bottom bouncer bags. Yeah. So but, and you and you and you see what I use a lot of them for whenever we go anywhere. Oh. Let me think. How many rods do I usually oh, go yeah. with? Yeah, you can yeah. wrap your rods up. I I, together. I I put all of them together and and uh, use them to uh, keep everything all in one spot. Yeah, so they don't bang works, around. Works really well. Oh, and fantastic! So that's a, that's a news item. A brand new store there in Brewster. You can stop by uh, Mox Fishing Stuff. You can find our fishing rods there and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's that's in the news. And he's been involved a lot with the, the Brewster Salmon Derby. Yeah, he's actually running it now. Yeah, so. he's leading the charge, so yep. to speak. Yep. So. Yeah, you got the Brewster Salmon Derby. We got Bowie 10. And, oh, that's right. I've got a deer tag. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You do. Yeah. And exactly. now, now you have to tell this story because here's my question. <laughs> Why the hell did you put in for that tag? Come on, tell the story. I, what tag do you have? Well, I, I uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. I, okay, let's just beat, quit beating around the bush. <laughs> you know, when you've got like 24 moose points and 24 goat points yeah. and, you know, the state and the yeah. way that things are run, yeah. uh, trying to draw a coveted tag for yeah. something is very very difficult exactly i was sitting there as i'm going through you know buying all of my tags and licenses <laughs> and everything else and i see this thing says second deer tag mm -hmm. and i thought you should put in for yeah, that i just you know i just put in for that <laughs> i have absolutely no idea what it is oh my goodness i put in in in, in an area that I know, you know. Up, well, up. you got the same tag I had last year. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know me. I, I've literally quit pulling pulling the trigger on, on yeah. small three I points know. and stuff. You know, I just I, I look for horns. And, sure. And that's just, just my thing. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, well, a second deer tag. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Oh. So I, I just put in for it. I have no idea when it is. I, I know where it it's was. Coming I, knew, up. I knew where I put in for it. It's coming up. Like well, coming up. No, it started two days ago. Oh, it's already started. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember because mine seemed like well, I was hunting in August, yeah. But yeah. it was seemed like August the, one to the thirty first. Yeah, okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm here to tell you 
talk about sweat going down your butt crack. Oh. I got out there and started hiking around in the sagebrush yeah. <laughs> looking for a deer in August. And yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Exactly. And it was so hot. Exactly. Oh, good luck, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I drew a, a second second deer tag. Yeah. Good. So, You're doing your part. I, I know. I know. Are you going to pop one? Because it's a doe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I will go up and, and make some sausage. Yeah. You know, uh, this is what happened to me. <laughs> it's a doe tag, right? Yep. So the first morning I go up there and I'm sleeping in the back of my pickup and it starts getting light. Of course it gets light early. Yeah. It's not like September. No. You get up and you got a little bit of time. I was like, dang, it's light. So I get up and I'm standing there and I'm kind of eating my stuff and I look up and what do you think I see? Probably a nice buck. A nice buck. Yeah. That walks right up and past the front of my pickup <laughs> and stands there broadside <laughs> at 15 yards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm well, like, oh, I'll never kill a deer in this. You know, <laughs> that, well, that's it right there. You know, the areas that they, that they, they use these tags for, they're trying to... Th- they're trying to thin out urban deer. They are is what they're doing. Get them and out of the orchard. There's too many in the orchards. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I get it. Orchard orchards are having fits, so they 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 I get it. Had these tags, so hopefully hopefully I'll go up and uh, <laughs> go up to the uh, family orchard and and uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll check yeah. that out and a couple other spots. But I I, I drew a, a early season doe tag. Holy cow. <laughs> Oh, I just laughed. I'm like, you drew that tag? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, probably on the next podcast or two, we need to start talking about hunting season. There's a lot going on. We're, yeah. we're headed to Montana to elk hunt again, which is great. And there's uh, the you're going to go dove hunting. So we've, we've got yeah. some things we need to start talking oh, absolutely. about. absolutely. It's, it's almost hunting absolutely. season. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Hey, Mike Mike drew a, a cow tag. Yeah. Up, oh, yeah. There up you. here in the Nanum. Yeah, so, your brother Mike. Right? Yeah. 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 So he's all excited. He wants to go up and, and he's going to go up and put up camp here towards the middle of the month. Nice. He wants me to go up and camp with him and scout. And, Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I don't I know, know. I'm getting excited. I, I got to tell you. Camp, camping in the dirt when it's 100 degrees. Well, I know. But you're going to go up in the mountains. It'll be all right. Yeah, I know. It's not like being down there yeah. where your doe tag is. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, that is one hot hunt. I Yeah. You know, you get up, and I, I had in my head, you know, bow in hand. Okay, I'm up. It's first slide. I'm going to go. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to cover every piece of this property. And then I'm like, God dang, it's hot, you know? And I look <laughs> at my watch. Oh, it's 730. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it feels like the hunt's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it pretty much was because yeah. the deer go and hide. Yep. So that's what I did too. But anyway, yeah. So we'll need to talk some hunting next time. Okay. So good. I I guess yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited, man. It, I am too. That's a part of the year that I look forward to. Oh, you and me both. I'm. That's all where my head really is at this point. Come August, I'm starting to think. That's all I'm starting to think about. Yeah. So. I do. I we still got to go up Lake though, and, and go I know. look for kokanee. Well, I know. We need to do that. That'll yeah. be fun. We, we can probably squeeze that in. Yeah. Some of those bigger kokanee this time of the year. See, we can see that yogi bear on the side of the hill. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. All right, well, we should probably get to work. Yeah, I suppose. I don't really want to, but I'd like to just fill up another special coffee and call it good. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> what do you think Britain's doing? Oh, he's probably drinking special coffee. Exactly. He's probably not a bed yet. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you a little bit later.